0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
1: 18 plus. We have a favor to ask. Our partner is conducting a survey and we'd be grateful for your help in answering a few questions. It'll take less than 10 minutes of your time and your participation helps support our advertisers. Please go to slatestudy.com to complete the short survey now. I want to tell you my secret now. I see dead
0: people. Silent Green is people! No, I am the father of... Oh.
1: What's in the box? You maniac You blew it up!
0: Damn you all it!
1: Hi, and welcome to a Slate spoiler special about El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, the follow-up to the beloved, very really popular, morally complicated series about Walter White, the meth lord extraordinaire um, known as Breaking Bad. I'm Slate's TV critic, Willa Paskin, and I'm joined by Slate's culture editor, Sam Adams. Hi, Sam. Hi, Willa. So we both saw this movie yesterday in an honest-to-God movie theater, which I think did elevate the experience. Um and we're going to spoil it. You want to do it? Let's break bad.
0: Let's let's spoil the crap out of this thing. <laughs> okay, so I totally enjoyed watching it and gained like almost nothing from it. Like it was I'm, you know, it's nice to like see all your old Breaking Bad pals again, but it really as we will get into it, when we talk about the plot it really kind of advances things like very little. Um, and for a show that was kind of so economical and lean. It's a weird note for things to now have gone out on.
1: I couldn't agree more. So I would want to say, I sat in this movie theater and I was like, this is delightful. Like, it's very beautiful. It's nice to be in a movie theater. The fact that it's kind of, um, like, it is sort of like a bonus DVD extra stretched out to like a two-hour movie in that context was like very delightful. But it's not just that it doesn't quite advance the plot. Like, it's not just that Um, Jesse, like, ends up being okay, just like you had hoped he would or whatever. And then there's all these, like, sort of details and hoops he has to jump through to get to that place. It's that watching it, I realized, like, by the end of Breaking Bad, for all the stuff that was happening with the plot, and it's a very well-plotted show, it was really, like, a show about a kind of moral calculus. Like, the whole thing about it, like, was actually sort of, for me, anyway, watching at a certain point, interesting and gripping about it, was this weird, complicated relationship that we and viewers bad fans good fans you know had with Walt and what he meant and what we wanted to happen to him and how what we wanted to happen to him may or may not have actually been what should have happened to him like morally and ethically speaking and Jesse has always been kind of outside of that moral calculus he was like you know he's done a lot of very bad things but he's like the person we were permitted by the show to like sort of wholeheartedly so, actually, this movie, El Camino, is not animated by any of these, like, thorny questions. And, in fact, I think it really went out of its way to, like, make sure he, you know, there's finally a gunfight, as we'll get into. Like, they made sure he didn't kill anyone, but really bad guys. You know, like, it's, it's like, sort of... It just felt like it wasn't... There wasn't actually so much there there.
0: Right. I mean, I had an idea midway through kind of about what El Camino was going to be about. And maybe we'll get into that in future... And I just... This may have been me setting up expectations and then being mad at the thing for not meeting them, but I really thought it was going to kind of advance that moral calculus, and then ultimately it didn't.
1: So let's actually just, like, talk about the plot of this movie.
0: All right, so, I mean, this movie begins, like, literally, well, technically it opens with a a flashback um, to to Jesse and Mike um, by the river, you know, presumably not long before Mike ends up being killed in the series, but then the... The sort of first thing in the present tense of the movie is literally like the second after Breaking Bad ends. It's Jesse kind of screaming in the El Camino, driving away. And then the, the movie takes place, I think, you know, maybe over a couple of days or maybe a couple of weeks at most. And it's just about Jesse um, trying to escape and find a way out of this um, bad situation that he is still in, despite the fact that Walter has you know, killed the Nazis who were holding him captive. Um, He's still wanted by the police, was involved with this very large drug operation, Um, you know, doesn't have any money and few friends. And it's basically how Jesse gets out of it and where he ends up.
1: Right. So one way to think about it is it's basically like, you know, like a Breaking Bad episode often like introduced some impossible dilemma that Jesse and Walt would like solve by the end of the episode to only have another dilemma introduced. I mean, it was... It was more graceful than that, but that is often what happened. And this feels like a sort of like, it's a similar thing. There's like a number of hurdles that Jesse has to overcome to basically get a new identity and get out of Albuquerque. Um, but he's not Walt, right? So he has, uh, you know, he's he's not quite as smart. So he has, he has to do it a little bit of a different way. But, um, and everyone in the show that you've, basically everyone in the show shows up Most of them are in flashbacks, and you know they're flashbacks because we know this character is dead, right? But, like, you know, it opens on Mike, who we know is dead. Walt eventually shows up in a flashback. The Kristen Ritter character, who's like Jesse's real love, shows up in a flashback. Um, There's some other ones, right?
0: You've got Badger and Skinny Pete. Well, that's Um, not a flashback, I guess the character—no, yes, but, yeah, you've got— I I think the character's name is Ed, but like the Robert Forster kind of cleaner character who gave, you know, uh, like Saul a way out on a new identity. He plays a very big role in this.
1: Yeah, there's a long flashback to the things that happened with Todd, the Jesse Plemons character. But basically what happens is Jesse, the character, Jesse Pinkman, shows up at Badger and Skinny Pete's house where they're having sort of, I thought, like pretty contrived banter in front of a video game. And he's a wreck and they let him in and he is you know, like feral and extremely PTSD. And we have a couple really harrowing at this point, um, very short sort of flashbacks to his experience being kept in a cage by these drug dealing Nazis. Um, You know, like he wakes up in this room in this house for the first night and he thinks the ceiling is a cage and he, you know, doesn't know where he is. And he sort of pulls a gun on his friends. There's a scene where he takes a shower where he flashes to like being, you know, fire hosed against a wall. Like it's, He was tortured. He's like a torture. He was tortured for months and he's just gotten out. And that's, it's very, he seems really messed up and it's kind of hard to watch. And then actually that fades out as we get rolling, which is basically he needs to figure out how to get out of Albuquerque and he needs a new identity. So his first stop, which we sort of figure out what he's doing in conjunction with these flashbacks about this day that the Todd character sort of took him. While he was imprisoned, on a, to do um, to basically dispose of a body of his cleaning lady, we learn that he's looking for Todd's money that Todd has hidden in his apartment. That was like a very satisfying, like Breaking Bad esque sequence, right? I don't know. I, I like I enjoyed it. <laughs> what do you
0: think? Right. I mean, yeah. So so Todd has all this money that he has basically you know stolen from Walt. In the flashback, he has killed his cleaning lady because she discovered where he was keeping the money. Um, it, which was in a set of encyclopedias. Um, I think Jesse Plemons has maybe one of the best roles and the best performances in this thing. The, the kind of banality of evil quality of him is just so great. Like he takes Jesse out of his cage, um, brings him over to his house. You know, you think he's gonna help him like move a couch or something like that. And he's and just like, oh, I strangled my cleaning woman with a, a, a belt and not because she tried to steal my money but because she found my money and was like, Hey, look, there's this money in an encyclopedia. So he, and then he just murdered her and then needs Jesse to help him bury the body. So and he's, like, he's like tense. bummed um, out
1: about it because she's so nice. And he like he's like, She was yes. really nice. I'm sorry, And he's like, I Oh, we need, did, we need <laughs> to bury her
0: in a nice place. She deserves that. Um, just <laughs> such a great line. That episode concludes with Todd saying, Well, i gonna I have a better place to hide it. I know where I'm gonna put it where no one can find it. Um, so then there's this whole sequence in the present of Jesse ripping apart this apartment um, piece by piece you know pulling off the molding going into the walls etc there's some kind of overhead shots like kind of diorama shots of this place just completely torn to shreds and that yeah that's kind of the most like purely like oh we're back in the breaking bad groove thing again it's like mike uh taking apart the car to look for the bug on that show it's just a very um kind of or that's actually that's actually a better call Saul uh sequence but same idea yes it's just this long sequence of him like Ripping stuff apart and looking for stuff feels very much like back in a familiar groove.
1: And like when he's finally exhausted and thinks he can't do it anymore, he bangs his head on the fridge and he finally discovers the money. At which point, yes. two seeming cops come in who turn out not to be cops. And Jesse gets in to sort of face off with them for the money. And that sort of kick starts the rest of the plot, which is basically that there's a million dollars in Todd's house. He ends up splitting it three ways with these guys who run a welding operation, who it turns out you know, constructed one of the devices that kept Jesse prisoner. And Jesse takes his third of a million dollars to Robert Forster, who was the character who had given both Walt and Jesse brand new identities at Saul's behest that Jesse had not taken, had left, had like had this opportunity to go have a new life, had ignored it. Walt had gone sort of in, I think, the penultimate episode of Breaking Bad. That's like why he was off in the snowy wilderness. So Jesse finds this guy at a vacuum cleaner store and is basically like, locks the door and gives him all the money um, and it's like, I need a new identity. I'm 94% sure you're with a guy who did this, who like can do this for me. And Jesse's $1,800 shy and the Robert Forster character is like calls the police on him. So then Jesse basically has to go get another $1,800 so he again has like a little you know, he has some hoop to jump through. This takes a long time but he like dupes his parents to get a gun. He goes and visits the welding guys and basically there's this huge shootout where he kills two of them. I mean, they're very bad dudes we've we've been sort of led not to like them and then he blows up the welding plant takes the money to robert forrester's character who basically sends him to alaska gets him to alaska which is where mike had told him he should go and the last like sequence of the show is jesse with a whole brand new identity and a nice um white sweater <laughs> getting into a new car like in alaska to live his life and and you know the first opening sequence of the movie jesse's like you know i want to go away and i'll go get away and i'll make it right and Mike says that's the one thing you can never do, kid. You can never set it right. I just don't know if that's actually the message of this movie. <laughs> you know, like it's I hear like it's true. Jesse's done all these bad things, and at some point, the Robert Foster character also says to him, like, it seems like you made your own. You know, you made your situation. I just am you not made sure. Your luck, right? Yeah, I'm not sure that's actually the emotional arc of this film. Is is not like, oh, Jesse can never make it right.
0: Right, and that opening scene is also Jesse kind of asks Mike, like, "Oh, if you were if you were me and you could you know get away somewhere, where would you go?" And Mike says Alaska. And as soon as he said that, I was like, "We open with a flashback of Mike. He says he would go to Alaska." So I'm like, the second to last scene of the of the movie is going to be a flashback to Jesse and Walt, and the last scene is going to be him in Alaska. And that was correct. <laughs> um, so it's, I mean, that's just not. I'm a genius. I mean, it's just like very, it is very like kind of predictable in that way. So it's satisfying in the sense that it does what you thought it was going to do, but it really doesn't do very much that you didn't think.
1: Life for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Just to like get a little into this moral stuff. So like, compared to Walter White, Jesse Pinkman really is like a good actor. I don't mean um like as a thespian. I mean he's like a he has values or whatever. You know, he's not as evil right. as, as Walt. But he has of course like been a partner in the as a news clip in this says like the country's largest ever (laughs) meth ring. And he's done a lot of, or been party to lots of things, including killing someone, which, you know, like in the face, shooting Gail in the face, like which he felt very bad about, but he did do. So I think the position of the, project towards Jesse is basically like, we're just allowed to really like Jesse. And I do really like Jesse. But there's a there's a number of moments, like there's a moment when he's with you see in this flashback to him, this days he's spent with Todd and they're out in the desert burying his cleaning lady. And Todd says, I really wanna, you know, <laughs> Todd's like, Do you want to say a few words to Jesse? And Jesse's like, No, I didn't know you know, like Todd's such a maniac. But Todd sends him to get cigarettes. Jesse opens the glove compartment. There's a gun in the glove compartment. He takes the gun out and The reason that Jesse isn't doing any, like, is not trying to escape is because they've shot Andrea in front of him last time he tried to escape. So he's been threatened. If he escapes, they will shoot Brock, the little kid that he was very attached to, his dead girlfriend's son. So they have this sort of horrible but powerful conversation where Todd is very calm and is basically like, you need to put the gun down. And he's like, we're going to have a good day. I'm going to go get pizza. Like, what kind of pizza do you like, you know? And Jesse basically puts the gun down and says like you know pepperoni with tears in his eyes and like decides not to and then we have this repeated in a moment in the present in the house where these two guys who he believes are cops show up at Todd's house to keep searching and they sort of threaten him that there's more cops outside and like what does he think is going to happen if he shoots them he's going to be but it's more you get the sense that it's not that he believes them that he's gonna his life is going to be ruined if he shots shoots them it's just like he's not a cop killer as he says it turns out by the way they're not cops and Um, he shoots them later, but there's all these moments, right. Where he's like going away from violence. Like he can't kill innocent people, but I just like, it just is very easy. Right. It's very facile. It's like, Jesse feels horrible. He was a moral person who felt guilty about what he did. He was caged and imprisoned. And now like, it's fine. Like he's, he's tortured. So we can just not be tortured on his behalf. And we can just be like, go Jesse, go. Right. Right.
0: Right, right. And that's exactly the point where I don't know, you know, to what extent to kind of hold this movie accountable for what turned out to be my misreading. But I think I kind of thought, thought the same thing you did. I mean, Jesse did this one thing in Breaking Bad that I don't know if the show ever fully accounted for, which is he killed an innocent man in cold blood. Like, he shot Gale in the face. I
1: mean, Gale's and not, Jesse like, did it to save... fully innocent, but yes, I take your point. <laughs>
0: like, Gale is... Right. but But I mean, he did it to save his friend. It wasn't, you know, self-defense or anything like that. I mean, you know, and he, and he shot him in the face. Um, and I thought, you know, and Gail is one of the people that this movie does not flash back to. And I, and I thought, but I thought, okay, this is, you know, maybe the one thing left to do is to kind of fully reckon with this. And this is a movie about Jesse deciding that no matter what happens, he's not going to kill anybody ever again. Um, even though he did kind of strangle talk in the finale, um, And so all this, you know, him not using a gun, you know, him needing the gun for protection, but not being willing to shoot people, even if it means like he could have escaped Todd. Um, You know, he could have killed the fake cops and and taken the money Um, seemed like, okay, well, this is, you know, he's drawn a moral line here and the show is kind of finally reckoning with this. And then it, you know, comes up with this kind of contrived shootout where he goes to Robert Forrester and he has like almost enough money, but he's like eighteen hundred dollars short um so he goes back to the fake cops and is like, hey, remember how we you we agreed to split the money three ways. Um I need eight hundred dollars more. Um and I'm not gonna rob you for it. Like I'm just coming in and asking for it. And then the, the welding guy is like, okay, who's and they've been doing a little coke um with their stolen money. Um and he says, Okay, well, let's do a little shootout, you know, and then Jesse um basically cheats on that. He has two guns, so he's holding one on him and then he shoots him with the other gun that's hidden in his pocket, um, kills the other fake cop um, and then it, it's like, oh, so, so he's actually, it's just like killing to like get out of a jam here and I'm not sure. It's like, what have we learned? Uh, I don't know.
1: <laughs> What's weirder than that is that the show basically goes out of its way to establish these other two guys as okay to kill, right? Like, Right, they're creeps. You know, I mean, they're as far as we know, they're basically no creepier. I mean, they're much less creepy than Walt and Jesse, right? Like, they run a welding company that does stuff for shady Nazis or whoever wants to pay them. Which, like, you know, Jesse and Walt have sold their meth to whoever, right? So it's not like they're above doing that kind of thing. And and the guy, we see this horrible flashback of. Sort of when Jesse is sort of being attached, he he's basically being in. It's like a, it was a before his cage. He's basically being attached to um like a a metal it's like a string dog run, basically right. So he can run back and forth, but he can't. And he's chained to his waist, but he can't like escape it. And this guy who Jesse ends up killing, and that we were sort of a like is in this flashback where um Kevin Rankin's character, who's sort of like one of the guys who was imprisoning Jesse sort of is like, I think this he's going, I think Jesse Pinkman is going to escape from this really easily. Welder you're being, this isn't hard enough. And they, be, and he, Kevin Rankin's character. So not the horrible welder who gets shot later. We, I bet you $50 and you making a cage for free that Jesse can escape from this. And they make basically Jesse like hurl his body back and forth, presumably for hours trying to break this unbreakable thing. Now it's a disgusting and very harrowing scene, but it's not the welder who's actually, like, the asshole in that. I mean, it's he's the asshole for being there. But that's exactly the kind of, like, moral duplicity and complicity and passivity that Jesse and Walt did all the time. So it's like – I just think it's, it's almost like the show – In the first sequence where you see the welder sort of is like, he has a gun and Jesse doesn't. And Jesse's like, I'm taking a third of this million dollars. And like, if you want to shoot me, go ahead. I'm already dead if you do. And this is like not worth it to you. And the welder sort of like makes a decision like, fine, I'm not going to get in. He makes a a calmer decision. And then we see him later and he's wanting to have like a wild, wild west dude shootout. He just is the most worst and abhorrent. And suddenly it's fine for Jesse to kill him. Whereas like... I don't know, leave this guy in some limbo where he's also not that horrible and have Jesse kill him. I just think like the show, it just felt like the show was making it too easy for us to just be like, go, Jesse, go. You only kill bad guys. You do the right thing. Like, And that is actually weirdly echoes, I think, some of people's ish with Breaking Bad itself that even though it was kind of a very immoral show and it sort of seemed like the people who were making it knew, had their heads on straight about all that stuff, there was like this actually self-aggrandizing stuff about Walt that, like, the bad fan of the show was not incorrect to pick up on, you know? And that that just felt like...
0: Yeah, like, Walt still, I mean, yes, he, like, you know, lost his family, who was he was supposedly doing it for all along, blah, 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 but, like, he still like, kind of got to go out like a hero. Right. Um, you know, he killed the Nazis in Jesse Free, and it's like, he didn't even that felt like, I mean, it felt like slightly fan servicey like we can't you know and it's like satisfying storytelling and whatever but it's like he did maybe he didn't even deserve that and maybe the show had told us that he didn't deserve that
1: and also the last scene we see of walt in the flashback of walt and this movie which was like pretty funny because it goes back to when jesse is still like saying bitch all the time and like just such a little wanker um in this scene, the sort of the last beat of their ridiculous conversation, which Walt is sort of lecturing Jesse about going to college and forgetting that he's ever even graduated from high school, is basically Jesse saying like, "I'll get your family money no matter what happens." Because at this point in this in the flashback, Walt had cancer and was dying of cancer, um, and and it's like it's like so. Our last sight of Walt is like everyone is Jesse and Walt being sincere about Walt being a kind of guy who does it for his family, which is like really actually not where we ended with Walt, and it's not like a really true thing about Walt, but is the thing that is like people who are Walt defenders would say, right? Like it, he's doing it all for his family. I just, I think it's a little muddy. <laughs> I think it's a little muddy. Yeah, I mean, there's there's
0: a great moment in that. And, and the base of the scene is they're kind of having like a, you know, motel diner breakfast um, kind of the morning after they've done their first kind of, you know, big cook in the RV out in the desert, um, and I have to say, like, because I mean, the, the real question behind this movie is just like Breaking Bad fans are kind of going to see it regardless, um, but is you know is is it going to give you like that level of satisfaction? I have to admit, as much as I was sitting there like, yeah, really don't need this. Like, I really did, um, you know, when. That door, motel door opens and Walter White, Brian Cranston in his bald cap walks out and he's Walter White again. And especially when he started kind of talking in that voice, like that was the one moment where I got like just a little bit of the vapors. Like it was kind of thrilling to see him like <laughs> slip back into that character. And the one, you know, to me, like really effective moment in that scene is, you know, Walter saying to Jesse, he's saying like, oh, you should go to college. You should major in business. He's like, you know, at least you didn't have to wait until you're my age to do something special.
1: Great, um, yeah. And
0: that really is, like, that does kind of sum up Walt, like, so well that he wasn't. Um, and the show eventually came around to this. Eventually, you know, it's like he wasn't doing this for his family. Like, he was just doing this because he felt like a schmuck who had never done anything interesting. And this was, like, finally, you know, he had something that was his.
1: Yeah, he was going to cook um, the best meth in the whole world. I mean, right. It's a very, that sequence is very, it's good and it's also so dark, right? It's like, that's Walt thing. He doesn't. He thinks what he's doing is great because it's because it's he has mastery, right? Like, it's not great, obviously. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't want to be like too hard on it because I really like did enjoy it. It's, it's like one of the Breaking Bad episodes that has a lot of plot. Like, it really moves. There's like funniness, there's pathos. There's like, you know, Aaron Paul's very good at being sort of sad. Like, I was entertained by it sort of more than I was expecting to. But I don't know, like, as you said at the beginning, like, I don't know what it really adds. And I think it actually sort of muddies the waters even a little further about some of the like extant morality of the breaking bad universe or whatever that like, you know, the relationship that it has to right and wrong and what we're supposed to extract from it. Because the thing is like, obviously you don't have to watch everything and not every show is like a morality play. That's not what it is, but this one really was in conversation with those ideas, right? Like it was about those things. So I don't, I think that it's it's murkiness about some of those questions.
0: I mean, the closest this thing kind of comes to a moral statement is there's a flashback to uh, Jesse and Jane um, kind of, you know, standing by at the side of the road, like, you know, leaning back on the, his car, like talking to each other. And it's kind of a continuation of a conversation from the show um, when they go to the Georgia O'Keeffe um, museum and Jesse is kind of looking around and he's like, why did she paint the same door like 20 times? And Jane says, well, she was just kind of going where the universe took her. And it, you know, the universe told her to paint this thing. Um, so the conversation in El Camino is Jesse kind of saying like, well, yeah, you know, I'm just going where the universe takes me. And Jane kind of turning what she said on the show around and being like, actually I've gone the way the universe takes me like my whole life. Um, I don't really like where that philosophy has brought me. I think you actually need to, you know, choose where you're going to go and not just flow, which is sort of how Jesse ended up where he is. So it is, I do think it flirts with some pretty sort of, um, you know, sort of existentialist idea that is very much about like, you know, Jesse like needs to choose who he's going to be and not just like kind of follow in in Walter White's wake.
1: And it's interesting to think about that because the show ends, you know, with Jesse driving off into the Alaskan, wilderness and like by the way that means that if they want to make more episodes of television about jesse they totally can but it's like have they so the question just becomes i mean have they actually like foreclosed the possibility of jesse like doing anything that would be worth making a tv show about right like is jesse done doing bad so that he can never like be interesting in that way again or are we like three years from now when everyone feels like doing it (laughs) They're like a Jesse show. And, you know, I'm not sure I could see a world where they do a Jesse show, even though I think like we're sort of supposed to in this moment think like Jesse has marshaled the universe and is going to only be like a solid citizen from now on.
0: Yeah, I mean, I well, I think, you know, one thing El Camino proves maybe the most definitive statement it makes is that. You know, Breaking Bad really did tell the whole story. If they went to all this trouble, got everybody back together in total secrecy and made this, you know, two-hour movie, and the biggest question they have to answer is what direction Jesse went when he left. Um, It's like, oh, you thought he was going to go to Mexico, but he went to Alaska. Um, If that's all kind of the, the biggest question they have left to answer, there's really not a whole lot left to tell. And the fact that, you know, I think Better Call Saul is is a great show, but I mean, it, it is really indicative that that is – they've gotten four seasons out of that by going back before Breaking Bad and probably eventually leading up to it. I, you know, I just I'm, – I'm sure, you know, Vince Gilligan could come up with an idea three years from now if Netflix gives him, you know, however many millions of dollars and says, hey, you want to make another Breaking Bad movie? Um, especially if, you know, Aaron Paul's movie career has once again failed to take off.
1: Well, he is Um, in Westworld. He's in the new season of Westworld. So I don't know.
0: Yeah. I'm happy for him. But I mean, yes, I mean, I'm sure they could come up with a May to make another movie, but I don't, you know, the fact that they made this one and did so little with it really indicates to me that they should not do it again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I really like, it's funny when I really walked out of the theater, I was like, that was fun. But as I sat with it, I was like, that was also nothing, kind of?
0: Right. I mean, it's, like, neat to see, and it's and it shot. Um, they got, you know, Better Call Saul cinematographer, Marshall Adams, who was kind of taken over from Michael Slovis as, as the... Breaking Bad Universe DP. Like it has all those, you know, very sort of showy, like Better Call Saul shots. There's a shot from, you know, in the first scene with Mike, there's a, where the camera's just like in the middle of a river. They keep kind of putting the camera like far away from the action and having something in the foreground that you think is going to be significant. I um, mean, it never turns out to be. It's just they just obviously decided this is like a cool way to frame a shot um that gets a little ridiculous where you're like why are we focusing on this knickknack in todd's office or this random piece of paper and it's just there's no reason yeah why were Um, we
1: focusing on that knickknack that was so weird
0: yeah is he gonna brain somebody with that like what is why do we care about this weird yeah
1: did it maybe we just Um, don't remember it from like the show or something like
0: can I Google Breaking Bad Knickknack? Does it have a Wikipedia page? I <laughs> like it find, might. I don't know.
1: I mean, also there's like this yeah. is like, you know, El Camino is the way, I guess. But I did find like some of the stuff about like – so it's like the show is really called The Way – Uh, And it's Jesse's way. Right. But like the actual stuff about the car, you're just like, it seems sort of like the El Camino is like important at the beginning of the show. And like the first image, like the credits play out against this red stripe that is the red stripe that runs down the hood of Taz El Camino. But then you're like, oh, it's just like a car. Like, it's not actually. (laughs) It's not.
0: (laughs) It's like they were they were writing it. And somebody's like, wait a minute. Do you know what El Camino means in Spanish?
1: Right. Whoa. (laughs) <laughs> yeah just like okay it doesn't... Yeah, there's a lot of
0: shots of roads yeah
1: <laughs> you're like i guess i guess i guess i mean sure it's it's a name for your thing um it doesn't have like a lot of yeah it, it was very enjoyable there was a lot of enjoyable things about it it went on like a little long it is paced in a way like a, a tv show where all the episodes are like 15 minutes like there is just like there's this uh hurdle there is this hoop there is this event and then there's a next one and a next one and a next one and you're like if you were trying to put this on quibi
0: right easy to right yeah and it's going and this will end up 12 on it's going you know it's going in movie theaters it's going to be on netflix and it will eventually end up on on fx where the series ended and i think you know if you had shown me this is like two or three episodes of breaking bad i would have been fine with it it would have been, would not have been as good as the best episodes of breaking bad you know this is not kind of Ozymandias redux or something, um, you know, it's, this would have been a fine Breaking Bad episode. I I loved the show. I'm not sad to see more of it. Um, but, it, you know, and it's, there's no question, like, um, so it doesn't, the answer to that question is kind of really not important.
1: If you're familiar with what happened in Breaking Bad, so, like, you watch Breaking Bad, you know, like, the gist of the out storyline, you definitely don't need to rewatch any of it to watch this. Like, there's no, you will understand immediately what is happening. Um, if you watch the show. I think if you never watched the show, I kind of don't know why you would watch this. And I think there's a lot of information you won't understand because there's lots of flashbacks to people who are not explained and you don't know anything. And about. also
0: the show is better, so you should watch the show instead of...
1: This. Yeah, but I mean, I assume, I assume the audience for people watching this movie who haven't seen the show or is very little. But if you've seen the show or any of the show, like you could probably watch this pretty easily. Um, and certainly if you if you read wikipedia yeah, I, I
0: haven't seen a second of breaking bad since it went off the air and it was i i there are a couple lines i've missed yeah. you know but i, I did not like have any trouble if you like catch up, up on
1: wikipedia me. with what happened or just like look up jesse pinkman's storyline or just know that he was uh you know imprisoned in a cage for months right before the end of the series i think you'll like be there and able to watch it
0: um should you see it in a movie theater i mean it it's pretty it looks nice you know, why not? But it is not, does not demand to be seen on the big screen. I mean, having seen both in a movie theater, I think this looked better on the big screen than Game of Thrones did. Um, but it's that. still just, you know, it's an, it's kind of a Netflix binge watch. You know, if you, you know, put this on and, you know, made some spaghetti while you were watching it, that would be fine too. Um, it's not really, you know, demand sort of total emotional immersion. Um so it exists and it's fine, and people watch it, and the world will keep
1: turning. I guess. <laughs> totally, totally. So, like, I mean, I basically give it like a thumbs up, but like not a deep thumbs up. Does that make sense? Like a, like exactly you said. It's like a. You could watch it. It's good. Then you won't remember it. Like it's not gonna stay with you in some way. Probably.
0: Yeah, I give it a why not? Yeah.
1: The beginning of it kind of I was like, oh, is this going to stay with me? Because like Jesse's so messed up and so it's so he's so really traumatized. But they really do like. I almost, like, wanted the episode to be, like, him hiding out in Albuquerque, like, trying to find a therapist. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, right. how – well, if Jesse Pinkman is the most wanted man in Albuquerque, how is he going to get the mental health services that he needs? Like, that is – I was like, let's do that episode. Like, that's what I sort of was imagining was going to happen. That, like, would have been better for me. But maybe that's what he's trying going to have to do in Alaska, so.
0: Right. Yeah. that. Yeah, I think, you know, Alaska has a pretty robust therapy community, so yeah. that will be fine.
1: Totally. So that's it for us are are like basically positive with lots of being negative about <laughs> El Camino, <laughs> Breaking Bad. Please subscribe to the Slate Spoiler Special podcast feed. And if you like the show, please rate and review it in the Apple Podcast Store or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any suggestions for movies or TV shows we should spoil, or if you have any other feedback you'd like to share, please send it to spoilers at slate.com. Our audio engineer is Merritt Jacob, and our producer is Rosemary Belson. For Willa Paskin and Sam Adams, thanks very much for listening. We'll see you next time.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?